welcome to the podcast of the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard. We are training coaches and coaching leaders because we know that only healthy hearts can know God deeply and follow Him fully. Because we care and we want you to reach your full potential, we coach you to choose life-giving reactions to the warning lights that show up on the dashboard of your life. Welcome back to the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard. Again, in a two-part episode. We're going to take an introductory look at spiritual warfare and give you some resources you can use to inform you, uh, form your own understanding about the ways and wiles of the enemy. Let me say up front that if you need in-depth teaching on spiritual warfare, this is not going to be the place for it. Uh, now, at the end of the episode, I will recommend several books that will give you a very good start, probably tell you most of what you need. Uh, I, I just don't want to tie up uh, a whole bunch of episodes, which is what would be needed to unpack all the depth that this subject deserves. So I will lightly introduce the subject in this and the next episode, and you're going to have to take it from there. And you are going to have to do some some work on this one, because the depth of the subject requires uh, a bit of research, especially if you're going to coach other people through spiritual warfare. Um let me first also say, kind of up front here, that I'm going to refer to the enemy's interaction with Christ followers simply as attack. It's very uh, sticky trying to explain the level of or proper term for what Satan is able to do to the Christian. Uh, others choose these, these particular terms that suggest different levels of interference, but for our purposes, we will simply call it an attack. Uh, Jesus was attacked through the temptation through temptation and had to stand against him, surely we will have to as well. Maybe you're asking, what do you actually mean by spiritual warfare? Well, first a few quick comments about Satan himself. So, um, Satan is an angel, a created, personal, supernatural spirit being. A fallen, evil angel of great but corrupt wisdom, power, and beauty. He became enamored with his own splendor, and he became prideful, and decided that he would try to remove God from his throne and take his place. God subsequently kicked him and the myriad of angels that followed him out of heaven down to earth, which is now his domain. That is the short story. He and his evil angelic following are not human, they are not spirits of the departed, and they are not God. They are stronger and wiser than humans, but far inferior to God in all ways. While there are apparently different levels of power and authority among the angels, none can stand up to the God who made them. Evil angelic spirits were, were thrown out of heaven due to their sin, you know, pride and rebellion. These demons, or unclean spirits, work together with their leader, Satan, attempting to defeat God's plan. The, the specific work of these angels is often credited to Satan because they are under his leadership, but he is not omnipresent and therefore must work through his horde of evil minions. Satan's rebellion got him kicked out of heaven ever since he has been working with these other angels who were removed with him to bring sin and death to God's creation. Satan is the father of lies as he is the one who introduced it into the world. He and his evil minions used it, you know, deceit, temptation, and accusation, and every other tactic they can come up with to try to keep man from a knowledge of his lost state and God's provision of redemption. His work, he works to discourage and defeat the Christian and his attempts to fulfill God's destiny for their lives. Even the name Satan, which means adversary and devil, which is slanderer, shows his contempt for God and his children. 
Satan is limited by God's divine purpose or sovereignty and by the believer who properly resists and stands against him through Christ's victory and in his name. His ultimate doom, secured by Christ's finished work on the cross and his subsequent uh, resurrection and exaltation, is as sure as if it had already taken place. Now, while Satan is indeed a formidable foe and not one to be taken lightly or arrogantly challenged, he is a defeated foe. Be careful and cautious, but there is no need to be afraid of him. Only a fool will tell Satan, bring it on, or some other cocky version of ill-advised chest pounding. He will eat you for lunch and spit out the bones if you pull that kind of a stunt. The confident, the confident in God do not dare challenge Satan. Read about the three temptations that Satan brought against Jesus. If anyone could have gotten cocky and talked a little smack, it was smack. It was Jesus. But you find nothing like that. We're we're told that even the mighty archangel Michael refused to challenge the devil and instead left the rebuke for God to make. That's in Jude nine. Satan is up for the fight, and you will soon be down for the count if you challenge him. Having said that, there is no need for the spiritual coach or anyone else to be afraid because we are not the ones who have to defeat him. If you do not know the truth of what Jesus has accomplished for us, our authority as joint heirs with Christ Jesus, and other connected truths, you need to do some reading and educate yourself. The reading I will, rec- I will recommend will cover that. So spiritual warfare, it speaks to the truth that we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Now, it's just a quote of Ephesians 6, 12. So what is spiritual warfare? Well, it is speaking to the truth that we are not fighting a flesh and blood battle. When we do spiritual warfare, we are asking God to remove a real, invisible, demonic, angelic spirit and their influence and power over our life. We are not really talking to Satan or one of his minions either, but to God. Our request is that he stand up for us and fight the fight we cannot win. We are simply applying a previously won victory to one more place where the devil rules and handing that place back to its rightful Lord Jesus Christ. We do not communicate with the enemy. We let God do that for us, just as Michael the archangel did. We ask Jesus to remove it in any right it feels it has to the place it now controls and to prevent the evil from ever returning. No conversation with the enemy is necessary or advised. short break to give your brain a chance to rest. Did you know that this podcast is not the only resource that we have available to help you with your own relationship with God and your spiritual coaching efforts? TwoRivers.Church backslash life coaching, don't forget the hyphen, has dozens of tools and book links to help you in your life with God and your ministry to others. You can even sign up there to get spiritual coaching for yourself with Pastor Carrie, either in person or virtually. It's a work in progress and we'll be getting a facelift soon, but it's chock full of practical content to read, watch, and and listen to. Wherever you choose to interact with Pastor Carrie online, please remember to rate, like, follow, and share so that other leaders and coaches can find this helpful content. If you would like to connect with Pastor Carrie, you can go to tworivers.church backslash lifecoaching, email him at carrie at tworivers.church, or text him on Twitter or Facebook by going to at SC dashboard. All right, let's finish today's episode of the podcast. Let me 
clearly say that everything we struggle with is not Satan's fault. As a spiritual coach, you do not need to go looking for him or conjure up his presence. We are very good at all and always capable of getting ourselves into trouble all by our little own selves. Some, sometimes Satan just looks at us and says, as you were, because we're doing such a good job of screwing up our relationship with God ourselves. He doesn't need to get involved. He may grease the skids a little, but otherwise he redirects his evil cohort in other directions and toward other lives. Now, one other quick highlight here is <clears throat> you might want to call this a trick or, or maybe a, a, a hack, a spiritual warfare hack. Um, something beyond the truth that Satan is defeated and our God is the victor and that he shares that victory over the enemy with us. And here it is. Satan only has what he has been given. Satan cannot take anything from anyone. He is not God, but even God does not violate our free will to choose. Satan only has ground or influence in our lives that we have given to him. That is why Satan is such a deceiver. He has to trick humanity into allowing him and his warped logic and evil ideas to hold any sway over us. He only has what he has swiped by deceit and trickery, often with half-truths instead of whole lies, as he did with Eve in the garden. If we can discover what and where the ground or lie is lodged and then stand against it in the name of Jesus and his resurrected victory, freedom is ours. Uh, that is a very short and ridiculously oversimplified introduction, to say the least. <laughs> uh, you should be advised, spiritual coaches, that when you stand in with someone and guide them through this battle, you put the crosshairs of the enemy's anger and vile attacks squarely on your back. Now, not to fear, you know, but just be advised. When my kids were young, my wife could always tell when I had engaged in spiritual warfare or stood up against the enemy in the name of Jesus on someone else's behalf. Uh, during the day, for some reason, the kids would be unusually unruly uh, to, to a level that she would recognize it as something being not normal. And to frustrate her even more, when I would walk in the door, it would stop. She'd try to, to tell me how much trouble she had been having with the kids, and there they were, being perfect angels all of a sudden. He not only took it out on my wife and kids, but when I came home, he ran away more because he wanted to create tension between Nancy and I than because he was afraid of me. But I'd like to think that he was maybe uh, at least a little fearful. <laughs> I learned from my, my mentor to explain it with this little mantra, confirmation by opposition. You can be sure you're making spiritual progress by how angry the enemy gets and how disruptive he tries to be. Um, now, this seems like a good place to give you a list of books to read. Uh, all these volumes, save for one, are classic works, demonology and spiritual warfare from the last 50 years. And this means that their language is a little more contemporary and therefore a little easier to digest. Uh, and these are not light reading, any of them. There is a lot of doctrine in them, stuff that a spiritual coach needs to understand. This is not pleasure reading, folks. It will take some time and effort to expose yourself to these truths, but you will need to know them in order to help others win their battle against the enemy. You will need them to recognize how the enemy is working, to be crafty enough um, to recognize the enemy's craft and the, the, his wiles, if you will, and, and the way he's working and the way he works. So um, I'm going to give you to, them to you in like two different groups, and I'm going to start with some beginner books 
Uh, and I would begin with Victory Over the Darkness, Realizing the Power of Your Identity in Christ by Neil Anderson. And also he has Living Free in Christ. This is a devotional. The Truth About Who You Are and How Christ Can Meet Your Deepest Needs. That's also by Neil Anderson. Again, it is a devotional. There is a newer version I have recently discovered that's been renamed Who I Am in Christ. Um, and again, also the older version, Living Free in Christ, um, you're going to have to find that at a used book resource. The Who I Am in Christ can, I believe, be found now on Amazon. Also, The Bondage Breaker, Overcoming Negative Thoughts and Irrational Feelings and Habitual Habits, also by Neil Anderson. And then kind of, a, if you will, a fun read, The Screwtape Letters, How a Senior Devil Instructs a Junior Devil in the Art of Temptation. It was by C.S. Lewis, the writer of the Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, now, in, in, if, you, if you've read some of that stuff and you want to get it at an advanced level, again, these are not the only books out there, but uh, if you don't know where to start, here's some ideas. The Adversary, The Christian Versus Demonic Activity by Mark I. Bubeck, B-U-B-E-C-K. Uh, and and uh, a follow-up to that, Overcoming the Adversary, Warfare, Prayer, and Against um, Demon Activity, again by Mark Bubeck. Um, that second one has a lot of prayers written out for you, so you don't even have to figure out what to necessarily say. Um, he helps you with that. Uh, War on the Saints by Jesse Penn Lewis, and I think Evan Roberts was in on that as well. Uh, War on the Saints, that is just one you're going to want to read. Other uh, three battlegrounds by it's by Francis Frangipane. Subtitle is um, an in-depth view of the three arenas of spiritual warfare: the mind, the church, and heavenly places. Again, Francis Frangipane. Uh, and then I'm going to give you this last one. It's a three-volume um, work: the Christian and Complete Ar Ar Armor by William Grinnell. Uh, it was originally published in 1665. It's a, a three-volume Puritan classic from Banner of Truth. Uh, you will need to deal with some archaic language. <clears throat> Written in 1665, it is three volumes, but it's, it's a pretty um, um, complete work. Now, I found an older classic like the Screwtape Letters, both in, in an audible and PDF version for free on the Internet. Feel free, free, feel free to begin there, uh, but much of that fictional look at the enemy strategy may be easier to understand if you have some basics down first. Some of these may be out of print as well. When I, I, I go looking for a book that's out of print, personally, I use uh, a website called Abe Books. There are other ones you can use. Abe Books is um, a clearinghouse. They have multiple used bookstores uh, around I believe, not just in the U.S., but at least in the U.K., um, and they list all these books in all these different locations in one place. It's like it's like walking into one of those wonderful uh, used bookstores, you know, you can just maybe close your eyes and smell the, 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 the little bit musty smell of, of, those, of those books. You go to A Books, and it's like walking into just dozens of those and having access to these books, but not having to fumble through the shelves, but being able to actually um, uh, search them and choose the volume you want. So that's Abe Books, A-B-E-B-O-O-K-S. Next time on the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard, we're going to follow up this episode on spiritual warfare with a discussion about a thing called ground that explains why some sins are hard to shake. That's it. 
for this episode. Thank you for listening. If you heard something that got your attention, whether it be for your own relationship with God or for coaching others, don't waste the divine nudge. Be sure to take the time to think through how to work the truth into your life and practice. If you do spiritual coaching, either formally or informally, remember that it is hard to lead where you have never been yourself. We pray that God uses the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard to inform and transform your life before it reaches another. If you are in the upstate New York area, specifically Binghamton, or are visiting or just passing through, look Pastor Carrie and myself up. We'd love to have a cup of coffee with you and chat about our dynamic relationship with God or about how to do spiritual coaching in your context. Again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the podcast of the Spiritual Coaching Dashboard.